y'all. Welcome to episode one of Pandemic Professors. I'm Carol Pardun. And I'm Kelly Bowling. And we're here to talk about how we're navigating the academic life during this crazy crisis. We're here to laugh, but believe me, we're taking COVID-19 seriously. Hey, so hey, Kelly, you've had your PhD for a whole week now. Um, (laughs) What are some of the strangest things that you've had to deal with as you've tried to figure out um, this semester that you never in a million years imagined you'd be dealing with? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the strangest thing was defending virtually. Um, That was not what I expected at all. Um, But then the, uh, you know, the deadlines for the dissertation were sort of, sort of a moving target. Commencement Ah. postponed um, and job market. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So can you can you talk about the weirdness of the job market for someone in your situation? Yeah. So, you know, what I what I took out of the job market this year was that, you know, schools really want to know that you're going to finish the dissertation. So right. an ABD is already sort of uh, struggling on the job market just because who knows if you're going to finish. Well, then the pandemic hits. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, then it becomes a really odd situation where schools are canceling their job search. Um, You still need to defend. You're still trying to convince people that you're going to finish. I mean, it's 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 a virtual insane experience. Um, Yeah. And so I found myself in insane. Yeah. Like emailing. I mean, insane experience. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I found myself emailing schools saying, hey, are you still searching. Um, yeah. You know, just asking questions you never thought you would find yourself asking in April. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's weird. It's It feels like the whole world has been put on hold um, at a moment in my life when I have been waiting four years for these two months to happen. Right. Yeah. So It's so surreal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, I think that's something that probably a lot of people are not thinking about. You know, we're dealing with our classes. Um, I'm dealing with staring at my retirement funds, wondering yeah. if I'm going to be able to, um, you know, exit when I thought I would and wondering what the future for me is. But I have a very secure job, right? And right. you're, I mean, the... Um, newly minted PhD like you finishing your last semester um, as a doctoral student, there is nothing um, stable about anything that you're thinking about. Right. So. Right. Um, yeah. And I yeah. just, I don't deal well in that environment. <laughs> yeah. Well, completely it would. <laughs> I enjoy it structure, right? And so as you're going through the PhD process, you think, you know, the one thing I can count on is if I finish this dissertation, I will graduate. I will walk. I will be hooded. That's like the one thing you can count on. And then suddenly that's also been taken away. It's, you know, it's some, you know, really surreal moment where, you know, everything I was already stressing about um, suddenly pales in comparison to the reality. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a crazy time. Such a crazy time. Good point. 
And what kind of conversations have you had with your um, friends who are in that same situation that you are maybe a little bit behind you or a little bit ahead of you? What are the kinds of things that you're, you all are talking about? Yeah. I mean, some people just immediately decided I'm just not on the job market anymore. Uh, I will, I will not graduate and I will just be on the job market again next year. I mean, that was just, you know, no brainer. I'm not going to get out there and do that now. Others um, that I know got job offers sort of right as campuses started closing. Yeah. uh, And their, and their thought process was, you know what, I'm just glad I got a job offer. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to negotiate. I'm taking it. Yeah. Yeah. Or if they have other interviews out there, they're just shutting all that down and saying, hey, yes. I got an offer. Let's just go with that one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, I think I saw in the news that, you know, a record number of people applied for unemployment yesterday. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in a time like that, you're just grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Who I don't know who would be thinking that we'd be um, having to deal with these kinds of things, Right. Right. Um, and meanwhile, you're teaching classes and I'm teaching classes. Yeah, <laughs> so, I know. Um, right. Yeah. It's, you, you just keep going. You keep pushing forward. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, so um, that was, you know, that was where my mind was. But, you know, you in true Dr. Pardon fashion, when you learned campus was closing <laughs> because of the pandemic, you were on a cruise. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> so what thoughts went through your mind? Yeah, so what was so weird, um, I got on what turned out to be the last um, cruise of the new uh, the new Dam of Holland America. So there was, that was March 8th. There was a little bit of conversation about people canceling their cruises. But at that point, um, pretty much the cruise industry was saying, you know, we're taking things under control. Everything is fine. Yeah. If you've read in the news, there's still a couple of cruise lines that are um, floating around, cruise ships that are floating around trying to um, disembark somewhere and no one will let them then stay. Those particular cruise ships left um, two to three days before our cruise did. So we were like right under that. I'm right under that radar. So there, you know, we had our temperature checked before we got on the cruise ship and all that kind of stuff. And, and there was way more cleaning happening and people reminding you to wash your hands all the time, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But the reality is I was, you know, sort of out in this little world, not knowing what was happening because I didn't have internet connection. I go on cruises to sort of check out, um, not pay attention. And so it was probably, I don't know, two thirds of the way through the cruise and we're stopping in um, the Dominican Republic. And so I get off the ship to find um, an internet connection and um, check um, on my email. And that's when I was like, <laughs> holy cow. And so I had, that was where I first heard that um, students had had their spring breaks extended for a week. And I'm like, that um, doesn't sound like a very good idea to me thinking of COVID-19 and students um, spending yet another week on the beach with naked bodies, but whatever. Um, <laughs> right. So that was, you know, sort of my big news in the Dominican Republic. Then 24 hours later, we stopped in Turks and Caicos and I got out again looking for internet connection. And so 24 hours later, found out that 
not only um, has spring break been extended, but now classes had been canceled. Classes were going to be online for two weeks. And Ugh. so I had a, you know, sort of some thought of, wow, interesting. How am I going to that? <laughs> considering, <laughs> you know, my classes are all about and your classes too of, you know, face to face. We're working on projects together. We're, you yeah. know, halfway through the semester, more than halfway through the semester. Um, so those are all the things that I was thinking of. It was kind of a little bit of a culture shock, you know, nice little protection on the cruise ship. And then um, the reality when I got home. Um, so trying to sort all that out, it was really bizarre. And I feel like I've been trying to catch up ever since, you know, every day I wake up and go, huh, what, what is happening? (laughs) But at least you got to disembark, right? I mean, that's, I did. Yeah. And listen, not only, so I was in the group, the expedited where you take your luggage and leave early. Uh And apparently, um, after all the expedited, um, um, Customers, I was getting ready to say, patients left the uh, <laughs> left the ship. Apparently, someone was diagnosed with the virus. Um, oh. I don't know how they discovered that, and so they stopped disembarkation. And no. so for hours and hours and hours. So I heard later I was getting um, texts from people saying, "Are you still on the ship?" And I'm like, "No, I'm you know on 95 driving up." Um, Florida heading to South Carolina and discovered that half the people were still on the ship and were on the ship for the rest of the day. Um, When I got back, um, you know, and then it's a long story, but I'm in Paducah, Kentucky now, um, got an email from Holland America saying that someone had been diagnosed. And so they sent me a little card asking (laughs) check for the virus. So I just, you know, sort of, I mean, Paducah, Kentucky is kind of a self-isolating place anyway. um, There's really wide streets and we don't see a lot of people. So um, it's kind of easy to self-isolate, but it's been two weeks and I'm not sick and I'm pretty sure I haven't gotten anybody else sick. So that's been my life in the last two weeks. Ooh, that'll suck the fun right out of a cruise. No kidding. No kidding. But boy, um, the cruise was awesome, I got to say. And um, the other thing about the cruise, which is just so bizarre, uh, my account planning class this semester is studying the cruise industry. So, you know, we're doing these projects. I'm trying to develop target personas and advertising campaigns for the cruise industry. Well, how do you do that? In the middle of a crisis like this, it's ridiculous. So, sure, in hindsight, I think I would have picked a different product. <laughs> oh, wow. but you know, it is what it is. So, what are some things you're doing in your classes that um, you think are working well in this environment, and maybe something that is you know, maybe not working so well? Yeah, you know, I, you. I, uh, I legitimately hate, uh, PowerPoint videos. Yeah. Um, and so the first week I was just sort of scrambling and I ended up putting together a PowerPoint video for my, uh, large lecture class just to sort of get them through that week. Right. I assigned a documentary for them to watch. And I said, we're going to do this little 12 minute PowerPoint video just to get them through the week. And so I posted it and I thought, you know what, there you go. I survived that week and I'm just super (laughs) happy about myself. 
Um, and then I start getting emails from students saying, hey, uh, when you went to share your screen in the PowerPoint video, it went totally black. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's winning. Hashtag yeah. winning. I mean, we, I just, I killed that. I just totally slaughtered it. Um, and then, you know, you, you told me you were doing podcasts with your class. And I yeah. thought that's, that's brilliant. And so I switched over to that for my large lecture. Um, no chance that the screen's going to black out. Um, and I've had a blast putting that together. Uh, the students um, have been so engaged with it. Um, there's a way they can leave a voicemail, and they've been doing that to participate. So I've got their voices in the podcast, uh, my voice in the podcast, plus some media clips in the podcast. And the students that I've heard from have said that is so awesome that they genuinely love the podcast. Um, you know, in my, in my projects-based class, I'll be honest, we've just been putting Band-Aids on things. Um, yeah. Can you give an example of that? Yeah. So, you know, this this point in the semester, we should be doing critiques. So right. they have a TV storyboard due. They have a radio script due. And I was giving them extra credit if they actually produce the radio spot. Um, uh-huh. And so, you know, little things like that. And so the idea is they're supposed to bring them to class and we spend the entire class time critiquing what each group has produced. Well, obviously we can't do that now. Um, So I've got them posting what they have produced on Blackboard, our learning management system. And then each other person in the class has to go out and comment on what they posted. Yeah. Um, So it feels much more uh, tedious. Yes. You know, but it's working. Um, but the class told me pretty quickly, we need to see each other, you know, and we need to see your face. Yeah. You know, just sort of posting out on Blackboard and sending things into the ether feels like we're not really doing it. Um, yeah. And we okay. need to see your face, you know. And so I have started hosting Tuesdays during class time, a Zoom meeting. And it's really just ask me whatever questions you want. Let's go through the rubrics on the next couple of things that are due. And then you just tell me what's on your mind and ask any questions, right? We're here. My dog's probably going to jump in. Um, and, you know, let's just let's just see each other for a bit. Um, and they've enjoyed that. Oh, that's good. And do um, do all the students show up for that? No, they don't. Um, you know, I think the first time I had probably half, that's a small class. It's only 23 students. Um, and then this past week I had less than that, but the ones that were there were really grateful and I record it and post it out there. I mean, in that class alone, I know I've got students in three different time zones. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, so somebody in California logging in at the same time as somebody in South Carolina, it's going to be difficult. Right. You know, I've got groups, groups working across three different time zones. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's not mandatory that they come. It's just sort of out there as a, if you want to see my face to know that we're all still here and we're in this together, then my face is going to be on zoom. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's kind of nice that you have some students who have said they want to see your face, right? Not a single, <laughs> <laughs> not a single one of my students have made that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I could tell they were getting a little stressed out. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was the last week in March when we went online and I had students emailing me saying, how are we going to handle the final project? Yes. 
Yes. And I said, look, you know, we just need to exhale. We are literally taking this a week at a time. Right. You know, we're all in it together. Please don't freak out about what's due the first week of May here in the last week of March. Yes. Yeah. We're going to get there, but we're going to do it a week at a time. We're yes. not going to stress out about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I switched their tests to be online, and um, some of them really freaked out about having the timer, you know, and so I was getting emails of, I still got 10 questions left, and I've run out of time, and I said, wow, man, that's just more stress we don't need. Yeah. Final exam's not going to have a timer, you know, like this is, we're all learning here. I don't want you to be stressed out, you know, I don't want, you know, let's just take it one day at a time and try to laugh, man, like just... If you need help, I'll post a video where everything goes black and I just keep talking like it's, <laughs> like it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Like, you know, just go with the flow and, and try to exhale. Yeah. You know? Do you, but I, I could tell they were getting stressed. Yeah. Do you think um, the students, for the most part, are taking this seriously? Or do you have students who are like, you know, out of sight, out of mind, um, you know, I don't need to worry about this. It's all just going to work out. I haven't had any like that. Okay. Um, I've, I've had some that are, you know, th they take it seriously in face-to-face -face class too. Right. And so those are taking it seriously online. Um, I've had some that just got completely overwhelmed that first week. Yes. And so I had posted in my large lecture class a couple of little things that they needed to do to be counted for attendance. Okay. And like, like what? And some of them. Um, so how do you um, do that online? Yeah. So one of the examples um, is listen to the podcast that I produced last week. Okay. And then use the voice message link to call in and leave me a one word answer to a question that I asked that I'll use in next week's podcast. Oh, nice. Um, right. So just making sure that they're listening to it and then not giving them some overly tedious assignment to prove it. Right. Yes. Just make sure you listen to it and then move on. Um, well, I had a couple of students that didn't do either of those daily assignments. Um, you know, and this is a large lecture class, 125 students. So I know a lot of them, but I don't know all of right. them. Right. Um, and so if they missed both of those daily assignments, I sent them emails. Yeah. And I said, look, you missed both of the daily assignments. Are you okay? Are you getting my emails? Is there anything you need? Do you understand what, what's happening in this class? And I think I sent out about six of those emails okay. and every single one came back and said, I am extremely overwhelmed in this shift to online. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't realize I missed the email. You know, I thought I was staying on top of everything. You know, they were just totally overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they were also grateful that I reached out. Yeah. Okay. You know? Good. Um, yeah. And to be honest, that's not something I would have done in class. Right. right? It's, it's a large lecture class. Right. Um, so I don't keep up with their attendance like that on a weekly basis and email them if they miss a class. Exactly. Uh, exactly. We're all adults. But in this environment, I felt like I had to. Yeah. And, and they were just overwhelmed. So I haven't had any that sort of uh, just are sloughing it off. But, you know, I was happy to see the university offer the pass-fail option for this semester. Yeah. That's kind of uh, interesting. A little bit weird to me, but... You know, I yeah. guess we don't really have to think about it because it's a decision that they're making. It's not a decision that we have to get involved with. Um, right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think some will 
will need that. Yes. I mean, you know, the, the shift either moving back home or moving somewhere else or having family members that are sick or whatever, um, you know, I think it prevents them from focusing, you know, as much on their studies as they would have on campus. Right. Yeah. I think that's so. Point. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was a fair option. I thought it was good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And so you clearly yeah. have done a whole lot of things to um, show compassion and flexibility. And, um, and the university has certainly been encouraging us to do that. Um, from yeah. director's perspective, I'm like, hey, we're stressed out too. Um, <laughs> do you see anything out there of people, um, you know, helping us navigate this or are we on our own? I mean, I go back and forth about feeling about whether or not I'm on my own or not. I personally find all these emails I'm getting from the university um, with, you know, ideas on how to do online and, and webinars to attend and blah, 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 just to being, I'm like, just leave me alone. Don't show me all that stuff. I don't want to do any of that. Yeah. I mean, I think in the first week it felt comforting to know that the university was trying to put together a lot of resources to help us. Um, But once I had made the decision on how I was moving forward, I've I've started ignoring those emails. I'm, you know, just full steam ahead, put my head down and move forward. Uh, But that was one of the things I was going to ask you. You know, I see a lot of professors, especially talking on Twitter about how stressful it is to try to teach students while having kids at home and things like that. And so I've seen schools that are sort of relaxing some of the requirements for um, tenure track or saying that, you know, COVID-19 is not going to impact um, you know, tenure and promotion. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I think you know this, that I'm the head of the um, tenure and promotion committee at the school. And then I'm also on the university tenure and promotion committee. So I've been you know, sort of deeply into all of this. I think what the university did with sort of giving everyone the option for a one-year automatic extension is good, um, but it's not mandatory. I know there's actually some schools. Uh, one of my friends is um, president of a small college um, up in the Northeast, and I think their school is just stopping the tenure clocks for a year. And so that makes me uncomfortable oh, wow. because, um, you know, a, a lot of people are ready to stand for tenure and yeah. want to go through the process. So I think what we're doing at South Carolina is – the right approach, one-year extension for everybody automatically, but you don't have that on the regular clock if you want to. So um, there's a number of faculty in our school who are planning to go up this year. And I've been in, you know, constant contact with them about their portfolios and all that kind of stuff. It is, um, you know, it is stressful because they're still trying to deal with research issues. I've been getting a lot of questions, for example, um, about academic um, conference presentations now that they're all moving virtually. Um, Some, you know, are asking, should I pull my paper from this conference and send it in for a conference that's going to be later, hoping that that might be face to face. So there's, you know, all those kinds of Uh, issues that we just don't don't think of. Um, right. Right. You know, I'm fortunate in that, um, because as I've said before, I'm old, my kids are out of the house. <laughs> I mean, they're dealing with their adults 
and dealing with their own stresses um, of trying to keep their jobs and dealing with their children and so on. Um, but um, it's just my husband and me at home, so we don't have those um, distractions that we have to be dealing with. What's a little bit weird for us is we're restoring a house in Paducah, Kentucky, um, but in my work in Columbia, South Carolina, and have a house there, and then we also have a beach house. I know this sounds very extravagant, um, but trying to figure out how to pay attention to all of these houses. Our Columbia house is on the market, and so, um, yeah. right, who's going to buy a house um, during a pandemic? Right. So dealing with that, because, um, you know, once I got off the cruise ship, I skedaddled up to Paducah before everything shut down because I didn't want to be um, away from my husband for who knows how long. Um, we right. rented an apartment up here, but we're basically living in an unfurnished apartment. I mean, literally, we have this two-bedroom, two-bath apartment, and in this apartment, we're sleeping on an air mattress, and we have oh. two camping chairs. Um, he has his computer, and I have this little desk that's one foot by 18 inches. <laughs> <laughs> and I carry that around with me from room to room to set up my office. So right now I'm in what I yeah. call my office with my little green camping chair and my little one foot by 18 inch desk. <laughs> and, yeah. and he's out with the um, out in the other room on the air mattress dealing with his um, computer stuff. Uh, talking to his colleagues around the country. So it's a very strange. Had I known what um, what this looked like when I came up to Paducah, I would at least have brought my KitchenAid with me. <laughs> I mean, we have four spoons, four forks, <laughs> and only two wine glasses, right? <laughs> oh, that's a problem. So um, I think we need to get on Amazon and order some more wine glasses, washing them all. <laughs> yeah, you know, I would hope that Amazon considers that essential, right? So. They're, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm literally sitting in my closet okay. right now. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I've got a fifth grader uh, that cried yesterday for two hours over uh, dividing by decimals, long oh, division. Um, two dogs that the highlight of their day is when UPS comes um and UPS is coming every day yeah, anyway. yes, <laughs> <it should>. <laughs> <laughs> so you know I literally just went into my husband and I said I need to go sit in the closet for about 30 minutes and he's like that's cool yeah so, <laughs> so that is no longer odd right that's know? right this is the new <laughs> normal that you can closet. make that statement right and nobody thinks that's strange <laughs> totally fine <laughs> Yes, honey, go sit in the closet. I'm That's bored. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, we're all just we're all just. That's right. <laughs> so, one more question as we um, check off episode one of Pandemic Professors. Um, so, you've got this podcast that you've developed for your um, 311 class that has 125 students mm -hmm. in it. Have you checked the um, yeah. the subscribers to that? Has any random people around the world <laughs> subscribed to this podcast? <laughs> That's funny. You know, I haven't. Um, I've been watching the number of plays uh, just to sort of make sure that 
everybody's listening, you know, like, um, you know, students are students. And so once one of them realizes that the question they need to answer is at the very end, they could easily just text that out to all the other classes by group, you know, over group me. And so if I saw, you know, 10 plays, but I got 120 voicemails, I'd be wondering. So I, um, I've been watching that, but I have not noticed if anybody random has listened. Have you noticed yeah, that? Yeah, I've got yours? a couple of people, which just I find like the strangest thing. So there's some dude in Argentina who, who has this. Wow. Crime. And there's this random person. Like, seriously. <laughs> That's excellent. That's pretty funny. <laughs> But um, so this was a great session. And Kelly, I just want to say, and especially if anybody is listening out there, listening to Dr. Kelly Bowling here on some of the ideas that she has <laughs> about how creative ways to dealing with teaching. So this is a woman who is on the job market, people. If you don't want to hire her, yeah. I mean, this is seriously an opportunity you do not want to miss. <laughs> right. I can create a video that goes all black. You don't want to miss out on that. that's right that's right so in future podcasts we're going to be talking to some of our colleagues some of our um, friends and other people who are dealing with the um, weirdness of academic life in this pandemic and so um, you know all we can say is thanks for listening and we're the pandemic professors Um, Kelly you got any last words for us Yeah, you know, I would just say we've got a we've opened up the message thing on the podcast. So if anybody wants to chime in and leave us a message, what they'd like to hear, or just some kind of funny anecdote that they're dealing with in this surreal world, we would love to hear from you. So you know, leave us a message, and we can all laugh through this. Totally video. awesome! So great talking to you today, Kelly, and I'll see you again on episode two of Pandemic Performers. Perf-